Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. You ask what is our aim? I can answer in one word. Victory. I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up. Sport has the power to change the world. It has the power to inspire. I want to welcome everybody to the Lead Different podcast, where every uh, week we try to get a podcast out that talks about uh, leading in different ways, not uh, the top-down way, collaborative, consensus, all kinds of different ways, using emotional intelligence, whatever it may be. Today, we're going to talk about sports culture and leadership, and we're really lucky because we have Caleb Coleman here with us uh, and Matthew McHugh. Uh, and uh, uh, Caleb is a former Division One uh, student athlete uh, from Cal Berkeley. Uh, went to the Haas School of Business, which is uh, that's, that's that's top grade right there. <laughs> uh, and uh, but was with uh, Cal, a starter on the Cal Berkeley football team, playing wide receiver and cornerback. So he's got a little speed. Uh, and then Matthew McHugh is a senior at Northwestern University. And I apologize to all my Michigan friends that I'm actually saying the words Northwestern. Though they are Big Ten, and we love the Big Ten. But he's senior at Northwestern University. He works as a broadcaster for WNUR Sports, the broadcasting home for Northwestern Wildcats Athletics, as an online editorial staff slash podcast director. So we hope he'll let us continue to run the podcast if he doesn't take it over. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Matt and, and, and Caleb, I'm lucky to have you guys here because uh, I've wanted to talk for a while about sports and mm-hmm. leadership. I'm a believer, and you don't have to agree with me on this, but I'm a believer that sports – is one of the best ways to learn how to lead. Now, I, I actually, I forgot to tell you, Matt, I was a, a worked for a school newspaper throughout middle school and and, uh, and high school, and I was sports editor for a while. So I, me, I was into sports not just because I played it, but because I, I wrote about it. Right. And I used mm-hmm. to love, right, and I wrote about football. And I used to love, we took the pictures, did the whole nine mm-hmm. yards. So I think sports is, is, is bigger. The, the ecosystem of sports is bigger than the players. It's all the different people that are involved, including the parents. But I think it produces leadership. And so what we're going to have is a, a pretty robust discussion about leadership and sports. And, of course, there's a lot of controversial things that go on with players who play sports. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, I'm going to turn it over to you guys just to throw out whatever you're thinking about. But I want to mention one thing that was on my mind, and that is that one of the things that's really impressed me about Northwestern uh, a few years ago, I think it was a few years ago, is when the players came together to form, try to form a union. Right. That yeah. was one of the coolest things. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember turning to my wife and saying it, it – it, it could only happen at a school like Northwestern, like mm-hmm. where you have to have the, 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 the athletic ability but also the intellect mm-hmm. to even think about it. And I'm a big believer in athletes should be paid and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I want to talk about the sports stuff. I want to talk about generational leadership. But why don't you guys jump in and just you can take us wherever you want to go based on that introductory thought, and then uh, we'll, we'll, we'll just enjoy ourselves. Definitely. Yeah, I started off, I think, um, as I kind of heard the topic, I thought it would be important to kind of define leadership. Uh, first off, of yeah. kind of like a going definition. And as I thought through through my football career um, throughout high school, um, playing playing Division one college football, um, thought a leader was somebody who really, mm, I looked it up as well, was uh, an influencer, right? Somebody who spurs their teammates, spurs the team, others on to, to action, right? right. So um, I look at it for me, I, I never viewed myself as a leader growing, going through high school or college ever. Um, and, and I kind of was thinking, okay, well, why do I not really consider, consider myself a leader? And um, I think a lot of that was my coaches would always have this mentality of, you know, the rah-rah in your face, the person who's always at the front, yeah. giving the 
you know, the pregame speech, you know, right. in the locker room uh, or giving the halftime speech when you're down a couple touchdowns, uh, you know, kind of getting everybody motivated. But I was never that guy. I was never the guy that was kind of loud in your face at all. So I thought, well, am I a leader? Does that mean I'm not a leader? Right. Um, but the more I, even thinking about it now, I think, did I spur others on to action? Right. Did I did I facilitate a culture? Did I um, influence my teammates? And, and as I'm thinking about now, I, th- I think yes, because uh, leading by example. I think in in, in high school, uh, I remember there's a certain point in time where uh, so we lost the game my junior year. We were in the playoffs, first round of playoffs. Mm. Uh, we lost a pretty devastating game, going back and forth, probably about four to five different lead changes in the fourth quarter. And I think I scored two touchdowns in, in that, and they ended up coming down and scoring uh, to win the game on us. So I remember walking off the field that day, and I was, I was just devastated. And I remember telling myself, "I'm going to do everything I can that's in my power mm-hmm. to make sure I never feel this this feeling again." Oh yeah. Uh, so <laughs> so I remember at that point I said, "I'm going to dedicate myself. I'm going to be the first one in the weight room." I'm, you know, every single day in the off season, I'm going to be, if my success wouldn't be a result of me not putting the work in right at the end of the day. So, um, so I think about that and I think about all the, the people I, as I started to take that on for myself and take my game to the next level, all the people that, um, start to follow. So I remember that a lot of the younger guys, yeah. uh, you know, would start to come work out with me, hmm. you know, after school, a lot of the guys would hang out, but I was always in the weight room. But as as years went on, more guys would start to, especially that off season, a lot of my teammates would come and join me, right. um, ma- mainly kind of the younger guys. Which uh, funny, they actually won the championship. Uh, the kind of guys is about a core group of three guys that I uh, would kind of mentor and started lifting weights with in the off season, and their team, their senior year, won the championship that's for NCS. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, that's that's kind of my take on leadership. I I, I think um, you know even going into a lot of the coaches, I think that's how they define leadership. So I think that's how that that was transitioned or, or passed down to me. That mm-hmm. if, if the leaders are the ones who are you know rah rah kind of leading um, vocally, but I don't I don't think leadership is that by any means. I think yeah. you can lead by example, and um, you know even looking at my time at Cal, a lot of the leaders there, and um, I don't know if we dive into it, but Jared Goff, sure, uh, he was it. yep, he was uh, you know. Number one overall pick in the in the draft a couple of years ago, uh, played with them. We we're the same year, but he uh, he got a lot of criticism because he was not vocal at all. He was never a vocal leader, so he was never the guy in the pregame, kind of getting everybody hyped up. Uh, never the guy in the huddle that was kind of you know amping everybody up. Nothing like that, and even the off season. But uh, but as I look at, it, I remember at different points seeing him in some of the most hostile environments that we played in one of them being, I remember Texas, we were in Texas, which hundred thousand plus. Um, I remember him getting, getting smacked in the face. I think it was the first quarter and we're uh-huh. all, the nerves are going and we're yeah, all nervous. Yeah. We're, we're in Texas. a hostile environment. Yeah. Texas, <laughs> Texas is no joke. Yeah. So, uh, I remember him getting, getting hit in the face real hard, but I think he, he had a pass, maybe a touchdown, something like that. High scoring game, by the way. But, uh, remember seeing him come up with like a fist pump or something like that and just turn to the sideline. Like, right. Like guys, we got this. Yeah, you know, yeah, we got this, cool. guys. And uh, that's super and that cool. was one of the most powerful <laughs> moments I remember because it, it helped me. Right, it helped me calm, calm me down in my nerves. And uh, that's something I always remember about Jared. Yeah, and and um, I think he was an effective leader, even though he wasn't the vocal leader that you would normally define as somebody who's, you know, 
this pinnacle right. definition of leadership. Yeah. And I would almost say that's that's better to be that. If that's not you, if you're not the guy who's going to be vocal, if that's not naturally you, right. then don't pretend to be that guy. I feel mm. like that's almost worse for your team if you're pretending to be someone you're not just to, to have that persona of being the leader. If that's not actually you, then just do, lead by the way you do, right? Yeah. There's yeah. so many different ways, like you were talking about, right. to be a leader. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's not just about being that loud, vocal mm-hmm. guy like you were saying. It's, it's, it's about being yourself and showing how to be the best version of yourself to the people around you. I mean, mm-hmm. That could be by example. That could be – it could actually be being vocal. That, that, that's right. not to say that that's wrong either. Right. right. That's to say that if that's actually you, if you are actually – very energetic person. If you're a loud person who yeah. likes to get everyone riled up around you, by all <laughs> means, sure. do that in a leadership role. Um, and I think it's also important to think beyond the title of leader too. Just because you have the title of CEO or just because you have the title of sports director of the radio station or captain of the football team, right. that doesn't necessarily make you a leader with that title. I think there's you have to kind of to earn your leadership role beyond that title. I think there's actually physical things you have to do, whether it be by example, whether it be by just kind of laying out the, the ground rules of how things work or mentoring younger play, uh, players or younger members of whatever right. organization you're in. I think there's a lot that goes into it beyond just that title. And, and sometimes people get trapped and think, well, I'm the captain of the team, therefore I am a leader, mm-hmm. and that's it. Right. And no, your role is not done there. You have more work to do right. uh, beyond that. And, uh, and I think that's important to remember as we kind of continue this conversation of leadership. I love the rest of this. I love that. Yeah, I was curious – for you, Matt, we were talking before we the mics were on, but like you get to follow the team at Northwestern, yeah. You know, and so it's, you, it's an amazing. Experience. I'm wondering, I'm curious, like what you observe in regards to leadership on the the football team specifically, or just any other of the sports that right. you, that you follow as a reporter, as a journalist, as a broadcaster. Like, do you see things that maybe like maybe don't necessarily hit the page or hit the mics? Whatever, oh, absolutely. Uh, something that you pick up on as just an observer, being able to that that kind of fly on the wall. Yeah, it's a great experience, and I'm so thankful that at Northwestern they give us that opportunity. I was saying before the mm-hmm. podcast as well, I, I don't think there's a lot of other schools that give student radio broadcasters that opportunity. Yeah, that is so cool. I'm very thankful totally. for Northwestern. They let us travel with, with all the teams. Um, with football, you don't get to spend as much time with the players. As you probably know from traveling with Division right. One football, mm-hmm. there's four buses of people. We yeah. go on bus four with the, uh, <laughs> yeah. the training staff. And yep. I'm thinking on that bus, like, if this bus didn't make it, the game would go on. Yep. <laughs> like, we are not the essential not personnel <laughs> here on bus four. Um, but you do bus actually – four. I like traveling with the non-rev teams a lot more. The women's basketball, the the baseball team, soccer team, softball. That Those kind of teams, you really do get to – Spend a lot of time. You're sitting in the airport. They're flying commercial. Mm-hmm, you're mm-hmm. like playing cards with the players yeah, in the airport. You're grabbing cool food with that? them, and and you get to kind of see how they interact. Um, one of my one of my favorite stories was from the uh, the baseball team. So I was I was hanging out in the airport. This was in the in the Midway Airport, uh, and we had like two hours to kill before the flight. So we're looking for food, and all the coaching staff is kind of set up by the gate, uh, and there's a McDonald's right across across the way. Our backup catcher is a really cool guy. Um, he wanted to get that McDonald's, but he didn't want the coaches to see him. So he goes to the other side of the airport, walks all the way through the terminal, and then he hangs out there with a couple other players, and he's like, I, I need my McDonald's fix, man. I don't know what to tell you. Gotta have it. Yeah, this is like, all right, so this is this is this kind of guy. Um, but it was great. We had a great conversation, and, and you kind of get to, to learn what these players are thinking. Um, and a lot of times, like, you just see the sheet, and it says, oh, Redshirt Jr., he'll be coming back for his senior year. 
And I talked to him, and he's like, oh, I'm talking to my dad about getting a job at his banking company, and I think I might leave after this year. Hmm. And you get to really know, okay, these players are more complex than they're made out wow. to be on this info sheet of paper that is handed to a broadcaster. Right. Or, oh, I played summer league here, and I got to know these players on the other team. And it adds a lot more depth and complexity to these mm-hmm. players. And I think that's kind of the most important thing when you're when you're broadcasting or as any media member is to understand these are people playing the game. And they all have inter- individual interesting stories to tell. Um, and especially in a baseball broadcast, there's a lot of time to kind of work those interesting personal stories into the narrative of the game. So I think that's one of the most important things that I- I've been able to, to gather from traveling with the team. Now, do you guys, when you look at, so let's go to sports, you know, uh, so Matt, did you play sports growing up? I did, yeah. Okay. So I played baseball uh, from first couple years. Uh, I played all, all the way growing up. Uh, and then in high school, realized, okay. I think my sophomore or junior year, that I, it, it was going to be, if I wanted to be involved in sports, it wasn't going to be on the playing field. Yeah, 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 yeah. I moved over to the student newspaper and then worked my way up through there. Yeah. And, and, and so you started young. And when did you start playing, uh, uh, Caleb? Uh, playing football? Or any sport. Uh, I mean, I, I started in track when I was probably four or five years old. Okay. Very young. All right. Know. And Nathan, you played a few. I played baseball. Started playing baseball, I don't know, second, third grade. My my grandfather played in the minors. My grandfather's brother played in the majors for the Cubs. Oh, so base, okay. we're a very baseball family. That's how everybody started baseball. Right. And then played football, basketball, track, everything. Yeah, my up. dad was a baseball guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he was just about to, I've told the story before, but. He was just, and I'm going to bring this around to leadership because I think the mm-hmm. sports, I think sports is more than Division One or pro. Totally. And I think it shapes people's lives that people who never go on to play. My dad played, um, he, he had a really unique situation where he was trying out for a Negro Baseball League. And uh, wow. he was on the bus after being in the tryouts. He was still in college. He had a basketball enough, uh, basketball and a baseball scholarship to school. And so he was on the bus, and the coach came over and said, hey, you just made it. And he had a nickname. I don't remember it right now. Something mm-hmm. like Bones or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> And uh, And he, he said, Bones, you, you, uh, you're you going to be our starting second baseman. And my dad was so excited because I, I don't remember for sure, but I think he was a sophomore in college. Um, and then a couple weeks later, his mother called and said, Uncle Sam wants you, which meant he had to go to the Korean War. Wow. And mm-hmm. he, never, he, never, he never played again. He got convinced that he wow. should just go to college and not play baseball again. And mm-hmm. so uh, my dad passed away some years ago. But I remember I hated baseball. It's so boring to me, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That's how I was kind of kid. I know mm-hmm. it's not initially true. Mm-hmm. And, and he wanted me to play so badly, but I never would. But I remember watching him pl- watch baseball every weekend. We watched so much baseball. And he took me to everything. I've mm-hmm. seen – I've seen, I don't know, at least one third of the franchises play uh, <laughs> in my life, starting at like yeah. age four. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was going to games. Um, so sports was a part of my life early. I I feel like sports is what uh, was related to you, Caleb, mm-hmm. is what made me understand I was a leader. Hmm. I, I, I was a nerdy kid on purpose. I just wanted to be a genius, be smart, mm-hmm. go to a really good school mm-hmm. and be a chemist and, and all that. Uh, or a nuclear physicist. Those are my. I want to be a chemist or a nuclear physicist, and then, um, and then in middle school, you know, I, somehow I got to know some guys who play basketball, and I realized that well, everybody likes them. They're social giants. Yeah. And I was like, I'm over here and I'm nothing, right? And one of my friends goes, "You ought to go for the basketball team." I didn't know how to play, and so I the summer between my sixth grade year and my seventh grade year, mm-hmm. I learned. I, I'd run track a mm-hmm. little bit, but I I I learned how to play basketball. Um, and then I really wanted to be an NBA player. Uh, I didn't realize I was a leader 
until I was in sports. I wasn't the best player on the team, but my coach liked the fact that I was a vocal leader. So I wasn't the best, but I was very vocal, mm-hmm. like whether it was cheering the guys on or going and talking to somebody and saying, hey, you can do this or mm-hmm. you can do that or try that or did you see what that guy's doing to you there? You know, he, my coach wanted me to come back and coach. Mm-hmm. But I didn't realize I was a leader until I got into sports. And I think leadership, like you were saying, Matt, it's a lot of different things. I think it's example. I think that's huge. I think it's talent. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes you're just the best guy on the team. And Absolutely. You know yeah. what you need to say. I think it's relationship building ability, being the glue. And that's something in the book that uh, Nathan, Nathan read about, the captaincy book. Um, but I, I, I feel like a lot of kids should play sports because I think it, it allows them to find their form of leadership, whether it's leading themselves, it's being the glue, or it's just learning how to be part of something. There's an element of knowing how to lead yourself when you can restrain yourself and let someone else be great. Mm-hmm. But I'm wondering if you guys notice, whether you look at the athletes that you cover or you played with, if a lot of people have been influenced by sports to become better leaders just by playing on a team or whatever, do you think that's true or am I overstating that or? Yeah. I mean, I can speak on that. I think, I think so. I think it, it, it plays a big role. Um, I know when I started playing, uh, I mean, high school football is probably the best time I could probably see that development. Right. Um, I mean, it was very cut and dry in terms of the work that we put in and the outcome that, that resulted. So my freshman year, we we didn't win a game. Wow. And I think at that point, it was pretty clear that we just weren't very good. And which a combination, I think, preparation as well. Um, but I think in terms of leadership, I think it was it was clear there that we had a, a lack of leadership. And it's, it's very clear because, you know, you're, you're not when you see no result. I mean, I think it's very clear that you're, you're lacking something in right. sports as mm-hmm. opposed to school. I mean. Yeah, you get a grade on something, but it seems a little more um, abstract, I, w- I would say. Yeah, I think yeah. in sports, when you're mano a mano against another team, competing against somebody in front of you, and you get thrown to the ground, I think it's it's pretty clear. Yeah, I think Bill, <laughs> Sim- Bill, Bill Simmons, I don't know if you guys listen to his podcast, mm-hmm, but yeah. Bill Simmons calls sports the ultimate meritocracy, where it yeah. is, it's not about let's discuss it. You yeah. either can or you can't. You exactly. either did or you didn't. Exactly. Yeah, so, so I think in, in that front, I think, uh, I think it does evoke leaders because – you know, I, I know for me with that team, I, I didn't want to be part of a winless team. Uh, and I think that definitely compelled me. Yeah. <laughs> it compelled me to want to to want to work harder. You assert yourself more. Exactly. Like you were talking about with the weight room and, and exactly. those kind of things. Exactly. What are you thinking? Yeah, there? well, I'm thinking sports just as an organization of, of people with a common interest. Just kind of thinking oh, a little yeah. bit more broadly here. Yeah, that's great. I feel like that's kind of what would make a leader out of any situation, right? I mean, if any in any organization you have in anything in life, if there's a group of people all with a common interest and a common shared goal and trying to find a way to get to that goal. Right. Well, then you're going to naturally have some leaders come out of that and you're going to have people who kind of find their place. Right. I think that's a big thing with sports, especially as you get to obviously by the collegiate level, everyone's knows they're pretty invested in sports. But as you're trying to get to that level, the the guys in the youth leagues, in the high school leagues, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. that's a huge part, part of development for a lot of people finding something that they're passionate about and that they're interested in. And finding a group of people who share that interest and share that passion. And I think sports is a great way to provide that. And even broadening that out to sports media coverage, too. I think yes. that's something mm-hmm. a lot of people find their passion in, in covering sports. And oh, yeah. I think that's mm-hmm. another way you can bring leaders out of that. Um, and it's kind of naturally formed. But, again, I think it's just it's more important to think of this in, in the context of 
Yeah, that's all that sports I like really that are. You, I like that you mm-hmm. keep broadening it because yeah. it is yeah, bigger. It so is. I'm sitting here thinking, I'm saying, I, I wish more, you know, uh, I don't know if uh, David Traver, we owe a lot because we got his friend Matt here. It's here because uh, I, I, I know David. Give David, yeah, <laughs> give David a little love over there at Santa Clara. Go Broncos. Um, but, um, you, you know, we, I, I, Dave's probably told you about, we have a, a work in an inclusive sports program where we have special needs kids with typical kids. I have, I have special needs kids, and I wanted them to have that experience I had growing up because mm-hmm. I, I, I played Little League football. But I got hit a couple times, and I was like, I'm not playing this. Um, <laughs> I'm out. Yeah, I, I was like, it's cold. It's Michigan. It's yep. cold, and I'm getting hit. Yep. There's two things wrong here. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, but but um, I, the reason I did it is I wanted my kids to have the experience of what you described. It's, it's, not only is it the common goal, it's the community. There's this inc- yeah. Like I grew up in, this, in Michigan in this incredible sports community. It's like family. It's a, mm-hmm. it's, it's, you described the airport with the Northwestern players. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's a family thing to that. Mm-hmm. And there's all those sto- – you, know, you talked about the story about the guy running to get to McDonald's. <laughs> this is a, we, we committed a crime, but uh, mm-hmm. it was on to – so we were in the re- uh, regionals. We were in regionals uh, in our um, – and we were the first team to, of our school basketball to win the districts mm-hmm. and regionals uh, in Michigan. And we went out to Pizza Hut all to eat. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the waiter, waitress took off for a minute, and, and somebody instigated us all and said, let's just leave. So all of us left without paying. Yeah. Wow. Now, that's terrible. That's terrible. <laughs> that's terrible. That's terrible. But I'll guarantee you, maybe not as, maybe you're, not as you're terrible. You're admitted to a crime right now. <laughs> every sports team or group of guys has done something stupid yep, totally. like that because it's just a community thing. That and then now everybody out there, every parent's going to go. You're encouraging my kid. <laughs> no, I didn't mean to tell that story for that purpose. I was trying to say there's this togetherness and this family feel, and I think that's part of development. So, so what I want, what I'm, what I'm thinking is, parents should get their kids involved in sports, and I want you guys to take on this mm-hmm. is where I'm going. But they shouldn't necessarily get their kid involved in sports because they think they're going to play professional or they're going to mm-hmm. go to Division right. One. Yeah. That just the experience is worthwhile. And that kid will blossom, and you'll blossom a lot more. Don't you think? I, I, th- I think that's getting lost. Right? I think that's that's an excellent point, and I think that some people are getting so focused on sports is, is the is the path for this for my kid. Right. He's going to go. He's going to play high school. Mm-hmm. He's going to get a scholarship. Then he's going to get drafted, and they kind of lay out the whole life for their kid. Right. And it's like, <laughs> you know what? I think you're taking away from kind of the whole the whole purpose of this, which is to enjoy it along the way. And yes. If if that gets lost, then then what are you doing? I Absolutely. Mean, I think that's the most important thing. Uh, you probably know this too, is that what percentage of high school players don't end up getting a scholarship? Yeah. And then what percentage of college players don't yeah. end up playing professional? Yeah. It's such a small percentage that actually get a full-time career right. playing sports. There's so yeah. much more that goes into it, and that's about being interested and passionate and, like you said, being part of a community with that shared goal. And it, it's a great experience. And I, I feel like, at least, that that's starting to get lost today. Well, you know, and you mm-hmm. think about someone like uh, uh, President Obama, you know? He becomes president. On his way, we find out he's a basketball player, mm-hmm. that he mm-hmm. played in high school. Nobody cared that he played in high school until he was running for president. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no one cared at yep. all. But I think that's part of the formation. Gerald Ford, my hometown, Grants, Michigan, president, took over after Nixon, pardoned Nixon, the whole nine yards, played football, University of Michigan. And you can go down the list of, of, of leaders who I think had their lives shaped. And part of what sports does, I think, is it teaches you to get along with people. Mm-hmm. I actually think when you look at two things, military and sports, that's where a lot of the first barriers to racism, uh, uh, to uh, misogyny or, you know, the, the, the equality of women, a lot of barriers fall because you get in that, that bunker together. 
and you have that common goal you're talking about. And that's what I think I want for kids because what I've learned working with the special needs kids, the typical kids, is they they bring them along. One of my one of my son's best friends, getting uh, a kid named William Eliezer, they they came up in our soccer program, which includes special needs and typical kids. And my whole goal was that the typical kids would all play some level of high school sport, and we'd help them get there. And that the, that the special needs kids benefit was they were part of that set of relationship, that network, right? And I'll never forget when Will won CCS championship for here in wrestling, and I was like, "This is it. This is the mm-hmm. ultimate fulfillment of it." Mm-hmm. And you know, I still have it on video, and nice. it and and I think it developed Will to be a better leader because he was working with protecting, serving, and helping kids with special needs. So in my view, uh, and you see this in Division One sports, a lot of these athletes are going to neighborhoods and helping people. Mm-hmm. That that's that that has nothing to do with scoring touchdowns or or, 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 or getting buckets, but it's changing who they are. And a lot of times the guys that are on the bench, it's changing who they are as they do all these things. And it's why I think sports provides leadership in the community and in the country and why we have to encourage more parents to remember your kid may never play right. at all in high school. He may sit on the bench. I did a lot. But it'll make them a leader in the community, whether it's helping one person or 100 people is what I'm thinking. Yeah, that that's funny. I remember they show the infographic uh, every level for football at least that you know, it's the 1% who will ever get a scholarship. And then it's the point zero 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 one percent that ever go to the NFL. So, uh, you know, I definitely agree on, on, the, on the point of sports is so much more than having that be a career path. Right. Um, in terms of, I think there's something special when you have the level of diversity of people coming from all different backgrounds, um, you know, home lives, uh, yeah. all coming together to unite, like you were saying, Matt, for a certain goal. I think there's something special with that because there's so much that has to be done to unite, to unite a group of people that are so different, but all for the very same exact goal. Um, I would argue that's where a lot of the the character development that we're talking about happens. Yeah. You know, learning how to work with somebody who maybe you normally wouldn't get along with if it wasn't for this sport. Right. Um, learning how to how to encourage the guy who who maybe has a lesser role, but you need him just as much. Yes. Right? The, like the offensive tackle who's never going to get any glory. Right. You know, but every play he's pounding against the D lineman, and you need him or else. We need our offensive tackles to come through from Michigan this yep. weekend. <laughs> Just exactly. plug in. You know, so <laughs> so I think there's something special that comes of of honing a role, em- embracing and honing a role um, that plays such a large part for for one goal. Now, um, Matt, I'm think you got me thinking because mm-hmm. you know I told you I wrote for a newspaper and yeah, that. yeah. T- tell me about how sports affects those who cover it and are involved in it the community what's the perspective there because some people may say my kid just is not any good and can't even put one foot in front of the (laughs) other so why are you telling me this and and but i think people may not realize that there's a lot that happens in the coverage and involvement uh that's that's leadership oriented friendship about let you just yeah I, i think there's a lot of ways to be involved in sports that aren't playing it and to back that point earlier about how what well, that's tiny tiny percentage of people who end up playing sports professionally. Yes, there's a much bigger percentage of people who played sports at some level growing up, and then are involved in some way. Whether that's working in a front office, marketing, sales, communications, oh, wow, media. Yeah. There's so many ways to work for a team. There's staffs of hundreds, thousands of people who work for every single team at every level. And right. I think what that tells me is that there's a lot of people who are interested in sports and they want to stay involved in that in their professional lives. And I think that's, that's something, something really special about that. And and then in every one of those organizations, there's this other structure of leadership. There's another community of people in 
uh, in everything, in yeah. every college, there's a, a marketing staff, a communication staff. That's right. There's all these people have to work together for a common goal, just like we were talking about with the players on the field. So there's a lot of ways for people to be involved in sports that are not on the field. And that's, I think, that's something to kind of remember, too, as we talk about this. When you're growing up and you find something you're interested in, if that is sports, right. and it's not for everyone, we don't we can we can say that too at some Absolutely. point. Absolutely, you know what? Maybe sports aren't for you, and you want to go another way yeah. with finding your people in an organization, right? And that that, that that's great, but it's true. If we're keeping it in this context of sports, yeah, there's a lot of ways to be involved, and I think that's kind of important that people remember when we talk about this. I think that's really cool because even what you bring up, like the thousands, hundreds of thousands of jobs, or whatever, like it, to me, that I'm like. People want to stay a part of that culture, right? And they're attracted to that culture, that right. sports culture, you know, of having that common goal and everything. And um, earlier, I was thinking about I took a, I was a kinesiology major at SF State, and so physical therapy, all this stuff, been around um, athletics, and yeah. and I took this child development class as one of my requirements. And the teacher was really hard. He was a hardcore baseball guy. So he was always, he was railing against like using pitch machines and you know, whatever, you know, like all these different things. He always <laughs> like, you know, his convictions about little league baseball, you know, but he was such an advocate for like getting kids to try any sport they wanted. Yeah. Didn't matter. It's like, cause oftentimes now, you know, parents will want people to specialize and be like, Oh my kid just to play basketball. And he's going to play basketball through all the way to get to college, get us a scholarship, whatever. And, like, the kid burns out by the time he's 10 or something like that, you know, because he's like, I'm tired of basketball, you know, and doesn't want to do anything when maybe he wanted to do badminton when he was, I don't know. (laughs) But, like, I remember hearing that in that class. I mean, like, wow, like, it's there's such a a change for or or such an opportunity for kids to just try anything and be a part and capture that culture and to be a part of some athletics or whatever because of the benefits later on down the road. Um, just in their life and and wanting to stay a part of some culture, you know, that is yeah. attractive. Now, some of you may be wondering, you know, and, and Matt, you alluded to this, like not everybody wants to play sports, not everybody wants to be involved, and, and, and that's that's certainly fine. I certainly wasn't for a good part of my life growing up. Um, but the reason I want to talk about sports and leadership is to some degree because of the culture we live in today. Mm-hmm. And I look at the leadership, and and what I want to do in this, this little section is sort of give people who are maybe listening and going, this is really cool about what, you know, how can I learn something? What can I learn about leading different from this conversation and where you're going? So as I've been observing, say, politics particularly, right, and I'm not for or against any of these guys. That's not going to be my, my advocacy. I look and I say, well, I don't see a lot of teamwork. I don't see people knowing how to be cohesive. Um, there's also a deferment. I remember I, I defer to guys that, you know, the beautiful thing about sports is you can kind of figure out who's better than who. And so you don't have to have right. these long discussions, right? Yeah. 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 You're like, okay. <laughs> it becomes okay. evident real quick. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, you just go, okay, I'm one of my friends with Dirk. Okay, Dirk, you're, you're, yeah, you're the man. You're the man, and I'm your friend, right? <laughs> and, and, and it seems like when I watch politics, it seems like they're missing they, – uh, I, I hate to make a blanket statement because this isn't true of all politicians, but politics is certainly gridlocked. And part of what sports does is – one thing we didn't even talk about is the fan. Mm-hmm. I was a fan. People will come – and the fans feel as much a part of the team as the team. It's that mm-hmm. common purpose thing you were alluding to, Matt. And I think one of the reasons I want to bring this in is sports does lead different. You, you, just because you're a strong leader, like outspoken, you have a lot of opinions, doesn't mean anyone's going to listen to you at all. If you're in basketball and you can't score buckets and defend, 
They don't care that you can talk yeah. well. You know what I'm saying? They don't care that you have a strong opinion about we ought to be running the triangle instead of, you know, this or that. They don't, no one cares. You know, go become a coach in, in some, you know, hideaway part of America and yeah. to improve yourself. <laughs> but I, I do think that one of the things that's missing is that, that culture of sports. I'll tell you a story. And then you guys just tell me what you think and we'll sort of round this out and then we're going to go we'll we'll in our next section we're going to define leadership you talked about that we're going to define some types of leadership that come out of and why they come out of sports but when i was growing up i remember i was eight years old now i'm older than i'm older than everybody in this room by a lot and um muhammad ali was in his prime fighting well sort of he'd just gotten out of jail i think but he was going to fight joe frazier and I remember he lost. It was the the fight where he slipped on – well, my opinion is he slipped on water, and that's why he went down the time that they were counting against him. But everybody else, no, he didn't. But it was it was depressing. I was totally depressed. I remember being eight years old, walking to the bus stop, and being totally depressed because we listened to it on the radio the mm-hmm. night before. Yep. And it's because, to me, Muhammad Ali was a hero. He was brave. He was courageous. He wasn't just an athlete. He was somebody who spoke out. I don't even know that I agreed with or understood everything he did. I just knew mm-hmm. this guy stands for something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I remember uh, the, the various athletes that were in the Olympics. They stood for something, and it made you go. I, I think when I was growing up, I didn't see sports as just a game. I saw it as part of life. It, it, it you know, I rooted for the U.S. in the Olympics. You know, it was a big part of my life. When I saw Muhammad stand up and go, "Hey, I'm an African American in this time." And I'm going to change my name and have a Muslim name, which freaked me out personally. Mm -hmm. I was like, what's he doing? Is he betraying the country? You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? That's how it felt. Mm -hmm. But he was so brave. And I think sometimes we don't understand. And there's a million illustrations. I picked a, for some people, that used to be a really controversial thing to say Muhammad Ali. Now everybody's like, oh, Muhammad Ali is the best of all time. But it's very controversial. Bill Mm -hmm. Russell back in the day. uh, Very controversial for um, uh, not being willing to do things like be part of the Hall of Fame. And say, no, I'm not going to be a part of it. And he had a lot of opinions about Boston. So sports athletes, and this isn't controversy now because the Star Spangled Banner thing, which, yep. I, you know, I don't think that's a worthwhile. I mean, I didn't, I'm not in that that I'm not in that discussion mm-hmm. per se. I'm in the discussion of sports is so big in its culture. It influences the country. And what's funny is the athletes, they can work it out. But oftentimes the country can't. Mm-hmm. And I think if we had more people with a sports mentality about how we all work together, it might be a good solution. So to lead different in part in sports is to know your role and be happy with it. Mm-hmm. You know, to, to, to be a fan. If I'm a fan, yeah. uh, go for it, Matt. Yeah. saying LeBron James should run for president? Is that the... <laughs> <laughs> no, well, but I, I like what you're saying. I'm man. actually I, thinking I, Magic Johnson. Okay, but, okay. <laughs> actually, Larry Bird. That's the guy. No nonsense. Go. Shut up. Play yeah. the game. <laughs> We're making a cabinet right here, right? Now. We got it. We're but no, I think that's, that's a good point that you're making there, Russ. I think that um, the, 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 the mentality that goes into sports is kind of what we need to focus on there. Maybe separating that from the performance on the field that like you're talking about. Yes. The, what, what these guys are doing in the community, what they're doing off the field, right. and how they all can kind of agree on those as, as their common goals as well. Yes. Common goals aren't just win the game. Right. Not just score more points than the other team. Right. It's make a difference in our community. Yes. It's a big common goal for a lot of these athletes. And I think if that mentality can work its way higher up into politics, into really all, all, all kind of organizations in our society, then yeah, I think well, that's see, absolutely Here's, here's a funny thing. thing, right? When I was growing up, uh, Larry Bird and Maggie Johnson didn't even, you, you were like, it's not even civil. I, I was in school in Boston. I was a Lakers fan. And so there was a lot of tension. Well, yeah. Now, <laughs> 
LeBron James is having out hanging out with Kevin Durant yeah. working out in LA. Yeah. So so here here's part of my thing. Is sports culture today more collaborative and even better at working things out than it used to be and is and is that a generational issue? And I know I'm asking a big question here. We won't try to answer it all now, but I want to get your thoughts. Is that partly a generational issue? And that the gridlock you see in politics, the hatred, literally, you see in politics, is very different. It's almost like sports has come around to the point where even Tiger Woods is shaking people's hands and going, great game. Uh, and in, 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 in politics, people are being like, I don't even want to talk to you. I don't even want to right. see you. I don't even want to be around you. I, I hate you, you know, whatever side you're on. And I actually think that the sports culture mindset could introduce something very different. But I wonder if it's generational. I wonder if there's a generational problem we have in leadership in politics in particular that 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 we're not seeing in sports. But we are seeing in politics. Yeah, I know I'll put you guys on. A spot. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a good point. I mean, one of the things I, I attached to was the, the emotional connection with the fans. Um, but I, I think what you're saying is I, th- I think with sports, I mean, Part of me wanted to say the fact that the level of professionalism is at such a such a high level where you can have a Kevin Durant, you know, going playing with LeBron and Kawhi Leonard or whoever the yeah. summer leagues that they they do and and that they genuinely have these friendships. And I think part of that's the USA basketball culture mm-hmm. as well. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. So, but uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I want to say part of it would be that professionalism that I think people understand that it's kind of like on the court, yeah, you know, we're we're enemies, but off the court. You know, we're, we're, we'll be friends even if we're on opposing rival teams. Um, but, yeah, I feel like there, there has to be something there. I mean, in terms of the, the generational gap, um, you know, I think with sports nowadays, people are getting along, you know, and there is kind of it that. It just seems like your generation is much more willing to collaborate, yeah. to oh, work together, to mm-hmm. compromise. Mm-hmm. And I, I, for me, looking at sports at first, I was like, why are, why are these guys friends? Mm-hmm. And then you're like, well, I competed against a lot of people and I was friends. Yeah, <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. I would make the argument, too. I mean, when you look at what athletes mean to society today, I mean, yeah. uh, not into the argument of the, the national anthem, but you look at a Kaepernick and the amount of players that backed him yeah. in the NFL across the league. Yeah. I think it's almost a uh, kind of uh, people coming together in terms of athletes coming together against uh, not I wouldn't necessarily say opposing, but I mean saying that, hey, we have a role in society yeah. and that cannot bring the collaboration within the athlete community. Yeah. Um, that's something I, w- I would argue I, I think would be big in terms of there's that purpose for the collaboration. Yeah. Um, well, Northwestern's union, I think that's probably one of the best examples mm-hmm, of exactly. people saying, hey, there's an issue here mm-hmm. and we're not going to be like helpless yeah. students. Mm-hmm. We're, the exploitation I mean, that goes I mean, behind that. students right. are, should be. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. And if we, yeah, we can talk about that a little bit more too, and how that kind of was formed. The people behind that—that that was something they had they had thought about that for a while. And it was—it's not just about you, you, we have this idea, let's go do it. It's—it's it's, we have to to make sure everyone's on board here. And that was that collaborative process that you're talking about. That was a huge reason for why that ended up happening. Why that ended up becoming oh, such a big you got my story. <laughs> let's it's, start it's our that next... collaborative process. Let's... They have to get everyone to to realize we want your ideas to be heard. You're going to pitch an idea. We're going to implement that. It's not. There's no bureaucracy here. There's no. Oh, we have to get this approved by this person, then go over to this person. It's. I'm listening to you right here. We're doing this. Let's make it happen. Let's start our next section with that. I want to start off with that because I think that will probably help people understand very well just why sports is so powerful in regard to leadership and and uh, and we'll do that in a moment when we come on back. 
And after you tell us that story, we'll get into some of the examples of leadership. So we'll take a break. We'll be back in a little bit. 